Thank you for taking time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be blessed and encouraged by the anointed Word of God. If you would like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, please visit our website at www.apostolicworship.com. Let us join Pastor Kevin Borders as he preaches the Word of God. Praise God. Excited about it. Revelation chapter 21. 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, John writes coming to the conclusion of his visions on the Isle of Patmos. He writes, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Well, the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. He said, I, John, Saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. He said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. The former things are passed away, and he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these are true and faithful words. And he said unto me, It is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give unto him that's a thirst of the fountain of the water of life. John writes that he has seen this beautiful city coming down. He writes of the newness that the Lord shall create, that he will take those things that are former, and they will all pass away. Then he says in verse number six, it is done. Would you say that with me now? It is done. And from those three words I wish to preach this morning. Would you ask the Lord to help us together? Jesus, we're asking you, Lord, in the next little while that you would enable us to break the bread of life. And we need the anointing of the Lord. We can do nothing without your anointing. Without your touch, we're asking you, Lord, for a a sweet move of the Holy Ghost. And God, your word to be embraced by faith. Do a great work in this place, God, in the next few moments. In Jesus' precious name we pray, would you lift your hands and your voice to the Lord. And would you just magnify him now and glorify him together all over the building. I thank you together, Lord, and I praise you. And I worship you and I magnify you. Somebody do it joyfully, cheerfully. Unto the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God. You may be seated. God bless you. To find words to describe our society and the environment that we live in. We oftentimes come up short to describe the conditions that are existent in the environment that we live in. Maybe, maybe the word broken 
might, might be a good word. Things are broken. Would anybody concur that we live in a broken world? It is a broken world. But really, I think the word broken falls short of how to describe the conditions that are at play in our society and in our world. Maybe, maybe we ought to go a little further and use the word fragmented. That seems to me to be a, a little further condition than just broken. It is fragmented. And I think we could concur. Our society is a fragmented society. It is, it is in pieces. But even fragmented seems to fall so short of describing the conditions that exist and the environment that we live in. Maybe we ought to go a little further and maybe we should use the word shattered. I think shattered because when I think of shatter, I, I think of things that are in so many pieces that it's impossible to put it back together again. It's not just broken. I might use some super glue if it was broken. It's not just fragmented. I might gather enough pieces to reassemble, but shattered. There's nothing left to reassemble. There's nothing left to put back together again. And I think that's the kind of world that you and I live in right now. In fact, if you would listen to the 24-hour news cycle that resounds across our airways through our nation and around our world, you would hear the reports of tragedy and violence and the latest depraved acts that humanity is participating in. Our headlines are filled with it on a daily basis, sometimes even hourly basis, mass shootings, uh, crime-riddled streets to where it's unsafe to even traverse our, our streets and ride our public transportation system. There's open promiscuity that is of the kind that we can't even begin to mention nor talk about it. There is such sexual perversion that has reached to such extreme levels that we have never ever known before. In fact, if you listen to the news any at all, and you read any headlines and you stay apprised of the conditions that are around us, you would think you was reading the report from Genesis chapter 6 when the Lord looked upon the earth and in verse number 5 he says, The wickedness of man was great, of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 11 goes on to say, the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. It seems to be a, 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 an exposure to what we are dealing with right now. A world that is filled with such corruption and you wonder men's minds that it is so filled with evil and such things. Thoughts of, of, uh, of sin and corruption that you, you try to, to assimilate and wrap your mind around how the world could have ever got in that kind of condition. So yes, it is a broken world and yes, it is a fragmented world and
and yes, it is a shattered world that we are living in. What is, is so, so at times humorous, at least from the perspective of the children of God, is to watch leaders from all walks of life as they give themselves to the task of trying to reassimilate trying to put back together what is this broken, fragmented, and shattered world that we live in. They give great speeches of oratory that seem to reach such resounding sounds at times and laws are enacted but at the end of the day there is this continual unraveling. There's this continual undoing. It keeps coming apart. It doesn't seem to ever even get a semblance of being fixed in any shape, fashion, or form. In fact, this feeble attempt at trying to put our world back together again reminds us of the futility that Adam and Eve did in the garden when they made for themselves fig leaves to cover their nakedness and they withered and they failed to accomplish the purpose because anything man does to try to correct where he's at will always wither, it will always die, it will always come up short, it will never ever be sufficient whatsoever we must understand that the attempts at putting anything broken fragmented and shattered back together again without the help of God is an absolute exercise in futility you just can't do it without God but the problem is in our environment, in our society, and in the time we've lived, God has been, has been kicked out. God has been removed from the picture. God has been taken out of the imagery of society. And they are attempting to do it on their own. And they're like the prophet writes in the book of Ezekiel chapter 8. When he says that Judah had committed abominations. And they had filled the land with violence. And they provoked him to anger. And they put the branch to the nose referring to an act of idolatry where they would bring branches to their nose to smell the aroma of their God. The prophet was saying God has been held in such contempt and God has been literally forsaken and left out of the picture and God has been taken out of the schoolroom. He's been taken out of the airways. He's been taken off of the street corner. He He's been silenced and pushed somewhere in a place that they think is far removed from the public stage. And therefore the ability to put something broken together is out of question. Let me just pause on this Sunday morning to say it as clear as I know how to say it. There is only one answer for our present world and it's called repentance. Repentance is the only thing that will start the process 
that will bring healing to a brokenness, to a fragmented condition, to a shattered life. You can't start anywhere else but at the very beginning point of repentance. For if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal their land and I will hear from heaven. Hear me on this Sunday morning if we want a healing we must begin at that beginning place of repentance and it's in repentance somebody says what we need is revival revival is birthed out of repentance and you can't ever get the two turned around if you try to have revival before repentance it will always fall it will always fail the only way to have revival is it's birthed in an atmosphere of repentance but when a people hits their knees and when a people turns their face to the floor and when a people lifts their hands to heaven and says oh God forgive me for leaving you out of my house, out of my home out of my family, out of my school, out of my work forgive me God for leaving you out of my life when we begin in that process revival will be born and there will be a move of the Holy Ghost because revival always follows an atmosphere of where there is repentance. Now the problem is this. You and I, you and I are given the unpleasant task of navigating life in a broken, fragmented, and shattered world. As people of God, as children of God, as, as those trying to live righteous. We have to raise families. We have to rear children. We have to mentor grandchildren. We have to somehow or another navigate this broken, fragmented, and shattered society. I now have my family raised. They're no longer under my roof. I have grandkids I pray daily for asking God to get a hold of them. But I pause today to tell you I take my hat off to some of you young parents that are having to raise kids in this environment that's having to somehow or another keep their minds focused when everything around them is so filled with such depravity and evil and they are told so many corrupt things that are warping their minds and for our parents trying to raise their kids in this hour we ought to double up on our prayers because they are trying to navigate the path with those young fertile minds that are being told that you can pick what you want to be from the time you are very young you can decide your own gender you can decide how you want to live life and you don't have to have mom and daddy in the picture that's the kind of environment that we live in and here we are we're trying to be the man of Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 1 a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful 
and I'll just be honest with you in our environment that's a very difficult task to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor to stand in the way of sinners nor to sit in the seat of the scornful but verse number 3 says that in the process of this that we can become like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season that his leaf would not wither and that whatsoever he does shall prosper but verse 3 does not happen by accident it happens because there's a verse 2 and verse 2 says his delight is on the law of the Lord and his law he meditates day and night hear me now apostolic worship center we're not going to survive a broken fragmented and shattered society by accident but it's going to be by deliberate process that our delight is in the law of God and we're meditating upon him day and night it's intentional oh I wish I had a little help now it's intentional Christian living that I get up in the morning and say today I'm going to be a Christian today I'm going to walk with God today I'm going to meditate on the Lord today I'm going to be holy today I'm going to be righteous you don't become holy on accident you don't live holy from the world and separated from society by accident you live with an intentional drive that says I will come out from among them and be separate so that the Lord might receive me it's a purposeful purposeful living he said be not conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds understand that that is intentional living I think the problem that we're facing today is we've quit being intentional Christians we've quit being intentional Christians we think somehow or another it's going to tumble off the shelf I think some folks think I think some folks think I think some folks think that somehow or another it's just going to rub off on them that somehow or another they're going to get it if they catch it like a disease on the pew somehow or another this whole idea of being separated and holy is just going to kind of fall off on them that if I can just kind of rub up against it I'm somehow or another going to get it and it's not going to happen that way you're not going to be separated and be holy and be righteous by accident it don't happen because you're raised in an apostolic home it don't happen because you got an apostolic family it don't happen oh I feel like preaching now it don't happen because you got an apostolic heritage it don't happen because you can trace so many generations back it doesn't happen because that you know all the songs on the screen or the songbook whichever generation you happen to be from it don't happen because you are church at particular times and moments it happens because there's an intentional drive on the inside of us uh, that says everything around me is broken but I can't be broken uh, everything around me is fragmented 
fragmented and shattered. But I can't be broken, fragmented and shattered. If everything else is falling apart, I can fall apart. So I've got to live with an intention that I'm going to please God every day that I live. Somebody clap your hands and just shout. Oh! Now, excuse me. I've had a habit this week of being way too candid. And so maybe I'm going to be way too candid this morning. But it's just kind of the way I've been feeling lately. Maybe it's time to get candid. You know, from, from my vantage point, from my perspective, from where I sit, I can, I can get a, what's the word I'm looking for? I can get a fatalistic mentality. From my vantage point, from where I sit, from my vision of it all, I can say, you know what? It's all going to hell in a handbasket. We've had these discussions. From my vantage point, trying to, trying to open up understandings, get folks connected, get them to see the need to just really apply themselves, just really get in and live for God. From my vantage point, I can believe. I think it just may be me that's saved. And on most days, I worry about me. <laughs> I mean, there's sometimes I can just get this, this feeling. Is this, is this too candid? It's all right. It's just the way it is. There's sometimes I just wonder. I, I honestly... I don't think there's anything, anybody else in the boat but me. And I'm wondering sometimes if I'm even in the boat. There's some days I get up and say, God, am I going to make it? And he says, with well, your attitude you got, probably not. <laughs> and then I got to go back and I got to pray through and I got to adjust this thing up here. Got to get this thing all back together again. Now, it's real easy. It's real easy. It's real easy to adopt this fatalistic attitude about life and, and the world and God and revival and a move of God. Because you look at all this stuff that's broken. All this stuff that is fragmented and shattered. And you can get this, this opinion and idea. It just is never going to come together. It's never going to happen. I don't know if he'll even have a church when he comes. I'm not for sure that he's going to have one. I mean, it's, it's, it's real easy. Don't tell me you've never thought that before. Don't look up here at me and with holy eyes that you've never dreamed that before. You know good and well you've thought that at times. 
wondered, is it going to make it? Is there going to be anything? Is everybody giving up? Is everybody throwing in the towel? Is, is everybody abandoning the old ways and the old paths? Is, 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 is this the story that everybody has? And if you're not careful, you can get this attitude inside of you. I, I, I think somehow or another we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to. Oh, can I borrow your glasses a minute? Do you mind? I'm sorry. So here, you take mine for a little while. <laughs> Woo! Every once in a while, we need to just change lenses. I can't move real fast right now. I'm going to get dizzy. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just got to change lenses. And you got to look at things through a different lens. You got to see things through a different perspective. Because if you keep looking through the same lens... And you keep looking through that same prism that you've been looking through. All you're going to see is brokenness and a fragmented society and a shattered society. Somewhere or another, you got to change how you look at things. I got to get, I got to get God's glasses. I got to put God's glasses on. And I got to start seeing things through His lens. I got to start seeing things through His perspective. And His perspective is simply this. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness. But He is long-suffering. But He is long-suffering. But he is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any, that any, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Sometimes I got to change my lens and say, hey, I'm tired of looking at brokenness. I'm tired of looking at the fragmented condition. I'm tired of looking at the shattered condition. I got to change my lens and say, you know what? In brokenness, in a fragmented environment, and in a shattered world, there's still hope. Oh, hear me now. I said there's still hope. Because he's not willing that any. That's a three-letter word now. That, that, that's a word that you can put a lot in. Any. It don't matter how messed up they are. Any. That he don't want any to perish. But that all would come to repentance. We're saying it's too far gone. It's broken. I woke up uh, one morning this week. I woke up every morning, but I woke up. No, sorry. So some mornings I just, I get up, but I don't wake up. But I, I, I woke up. I woke up one morning and that wind come, come, come barreling across the back of the house. And I mean clattering and banging and things, things sounded like it was falling apart. And I raced for the door. I thought the pergola in the back had come down. And I, I got back there and she's got all these, these, these goofy flower pots Setting up on top of these goofy wire things. And, uh, and, and the wind, the wind had come blowing through there. And uh, when she leaves town and I'm left, the, the marching orders is water my flowers, water my flowers. 
And uh, and the wind came blowing through there. And I looked out and it had dipped, it had it had turned over all those little goofy wire things. And 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 the, that 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 pot was just broken all over the ground. And I looked out there and said, Well, you know what? That one's gone. There's no hope in that whatsoever. It is gone. And finally, a few hours later, I got to feeling bad because I had left the pot. I left the, 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 the flowers lay out there on the patio and there, there's nothing around them. It's just raw dirt. And I got to feeling bad and said, you know, I ought to do something. I ought to try to do, do something. She's, she's nurtured these things. I ought to try to do at least something here. So I went around the house and I found a stash of those goofy pots around over there around the house. And it was too big, but I brought it over and I put the, the flower down into the pot. And, and uh, it looks like it's in a pot right now. Because I'm telling you, when God looks at stuff, He doesn't see brokenness. He doesn't see the fragmented condition. He doesn't see the shattered condition. He says, you know what? Let's just get a new pot. Let's just get something new. Let's start all over again. Let's begin again. Come on. We need to quit waving our hand at the world and saying it's broken. It's fragmented. It's shattered. God says, I'm not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. Paul said it like this in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy 2. God our Savior. That's what he calls him. God our Savior. God our Savior. Who will have all men to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. There's one God. One mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself as a ransom for all. Can I tell you today. God says. I don't care how broken it is. I can put it back together again. In fact when you read the book of Revelation. You read the visions of John. You read of cataclysmic events that's beyond what our human mind is, is able to capture. You read of natural disasters, hail, 75, 100 pounds, hail, falling out of the sky, killing people. You read of stars turning loose from their sockets. You read of the moon being as if it were blood and the sun Refusing to shine and earthquakes killing literally thousands upon thousands at one moment. You read of a political system that's falling apart, an antichrist who's Satan incarnate. You read of him commandeering the military and the religious system and bringing the whole world to its knees to worship him. And when you get to the 18th chapter of the book of Revelation, after this series of cataclysmic events, world turmoil, people taking a mark to be able to buy and sell, an entire system that has been taken over, religious, militarily, politically, everything has been brought together. Then when you read in the 18th chapter of the book of Revelation, you read of the collapse of that system. In verse number 2, he said he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen is fallen. It's become a habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit in the cage of every unclean 
unclean and hateful bird. John sees in his vision after all of these events that he's been writing about and we've been reading of. He said, he said that system, that world system is broken. It's fallen apart. It's nothing more than a habitation of devils and a cage for every foul spirit. And in verse 9 of Revelation chapter 18, the kings of the earth bewail her and lament her. And they say, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, and the merchants weep and mourn over her. When you get out of that 18th chapter, you're looking at brokenness. You're looking at a fragmented condition. You're looking at a shattered environment. Everything is falling apart. The system of Babylon, a world system, the smoke is curling up out of the ashes. It is devastation every place that you look until you get to Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 5. And the Lord looks upon all of this devastation and He looks upon all of this brokenness and He looks upon all of this environment and He says, Behold, I make all things new. These words are true and faithful. Excuse me, God. Are we looking at the same world? Are we looking at the same environment? Are you, did, did you not, do you not see the money market has crashed? Do you not see the economy is broken? Do you not see that, 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 that everything is it, it's a habitation of devils? It's a, it's a cage for evil spirits. He said, excuse me, I look with a different lens. Behold, I make all things new because God never walks away from brokenness and He never walks away from fragments and He never walks away from a shattered environment. He never throws up His hands and says there's nothing that I can do. But He always looks forward and says I can make all things new. Verse 3 of Revelation chapter 21. He said, I heard a great voice. said, the tabernacle, watch now. The tabernacle of God is with man. Go back to Genesis chapter 6. He said, my spirit shall not strive with man. But in Revelation chapter 21, he said, I'm tabernacled with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God's going to wipe away all their tears. There's going to be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. The former things are passed away. And he's writing that and he's saying that and he's speaking that while the smoke is still curling up out of a collapsed environment and an economy and a market that is shattered and fallen apart and there's cages of evil spirits and habitations for devils and he looks at it and says you know what I see a brand new world I see a brand new environment where all the former stuff has passed away and then he said verse number 6 it is done it is done. Pardon, pardon, pardon God. Pardon, pardon. I, I don't mean to intrude. I, I, I don't mean to argue with you. But, but it ain't done. The smoke is still rising over there up out of Babylon. They still got cages of devils and there's still a habitation for spirits and, 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 and everything's falling apart and you got the nerve to sit on the throne and say it is 
done. You have to understand from God's perspective, uh, God calls things uh, that are, that they are not as though they already are. When he spoke of Abraham, Abram means the, a, a, a great father. He said, but I'm changing your name from Abram. I'm changing it to Abraham, the father of a multitude. Pardon God, but I don't have any kids. How can you call me Abraham? Just call me Abram. Uh, and God says, I don't call you what you are. I call you what you shall be. I call you Abraham, the father of a multitude. And in God's mind, it's already done. Upon Calvary, suspended between earth and heaven. On that dark afternoon when the sun refused to shine. Just moments before he took his last breath. He lifted his voice and he spoke those words. It is finished. But when he spoke it is finished. There that day on Calvary. It is not the same word that he uses in Revelation chapter 21. When he says it is done. When he says it is finished. He speaks of that which is past. That which is behind him. He speaks of that which was. Is now done. It's now completed. The law is finished, terminated Grace has begun Sin has been dealt with It is finished Because the first thing God does in our life Is He takes care of my past He takes care of my yesterday He removes my blemishes He takes away my sin He speaks it is finished And then He turns around and says It is done When He uses the word done It's a word that references the power the future that which is beyond that which will be he says I've taken care of your past now let me handle your future I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of it and make all things new I've come to tell you that God is able to take the brokenness the fragmented conditions the shattered environment and he's able to make it new it doesn't matter what yesterday has been it matters what God can do with my Tomorrow, He can heal it. He can put it together. He can turn it around. He can change it. Why? Because He is Alpha and He is Omega. He's the beginning and He's the ending. Let me give you pastor's translation. God can make it new because He's God and He's Almighty and He has all power in heaven and in earth. Would you stand with me across this building? Uh, is anybody looking at any brokenness? Is anybody looking at any fragmented conditions? Is anybody looking at any shattered situations? We've looked at it. We've given up hope. We've decided that it's over. It's through. There's nothing more you can do about it. And God sets and looks at it. It hadn't happened yet. Revelation 21 hadn't happened yet. Revelation chapter 21 hadn't taken place. I don't know about you, but I've wept lately. I don't know about you, but I've felt pain lately. I don't know about you, but I have felt the stings of this present world. I've done it all lately. Revelation 21 hadn't happened yet, but in God's mind, He says it's done. It's already done. I got to quit living in my moment 
And I got to start living in God's environment where He sees it already taken care of, already handled. Everything in my life put together. Everything in my world is the way it's supposed to be. I choose to look at it through His lens and through His eyes that it is now already done. So instead of me looking and saying, well, it's just broken. It's just broken. God says, I tell you what, let me go get another pot. It's already done. It's already taken care of. Some of us walked in here on this Sunday morning, brokenness, fragmented conditions, shattered lives. Maybe some of us have actually given up hope that he could put it together again. He said, let him that is a thirst come. He said, I'll give him drink. In other words, if you're in the brokenness, the fragments, the shattered conditions, if you're thirsty for something to happen in your life, he said, just let him come to me. I'll give him to drink. Would you lift your hands and your voices with me? You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.